Let me ask you a question. What does it take to unlock potential, to discover what's truly possible in business, to create a new normal? It takes one thing, a leader who raises the bar, who sets bigger goals and higher standards for your business, your team, and most importantly, yourself. I'm your host, Katherine Binkley. I've scaled businesses for over 17 years, and I've helped my clients make millions of dollars without sacrificing their freedom by building and leading high-performing teams. Together, we're going to explore what it takes to elevate your leadership, your team, and your business. This is The Elevate Effect. Hey there, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited today to talk with Joey Vitale. And I have to tell you that the reason he and I started talking wasn't necessarily a fun moment for me, but it's been a joy ever since. And so I'm really excited to have him on today. How are you, Joey? Good, Catherine. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for joining me. Would you tell everybody a little bit about what you do, and then we'll dive into how we met. Sure. So I am a trademark attorney for online business owners, which means that I can help you protect your brand. And I think that we had first got on each other's radars because um, I helped another business secure some trademark rights that was a mutual friend of ours. Yeah. Um, And then something happened (laughs) and you reached out. Yeah, something did happen. So I was traveling for business and I was on, I'd hopped on a a flight. It was like a five hour flight back from LA to Charlotte, North Carolina. And I hopped on the flight and I don't always, but typically that's a good time for me to like go ahead and secure internet access on the plane and get some work done. And so I had done that. I had five hours, you know, to myself. And I was like, this is a perfect time to knock out a few things. I did not know how I would be spending that time because shortly into the flight, I got an email that came through from my assistant and she had received a cease and desist letter. And needless to say, like the tears started just like, and I'm on an airplane, not able to do very much about it. At least I thought I wasn't able to do very much about it. And I was like, okay, I know this guy named Joey. He's in some of the same circles. I've heard his name turn around. I was like, let me just reach out because I know where to find him online and I have Facebook access. You can't do everything through internet access on a plane. There's certain things that are restricted, but Facebook Messenger works. And I was like, okay, let me find Facebook Messenger. And so I sent you a message and it all started there. And yeah, I don't know. Like we need to get into the details of what happened more so, but I'm sure you've reached, you've, you've had other people reach out to you in that same way before, right? Yeah. So trademarks are a very interesting kind of complicated area of the law. And I think a lot of business owners, when they look to kind of what they need protection on the legal side of their business, they get like this laundry list of things to think about. So there's like LLC and contracts and copyrights and trademarks. And some of them are easier to understand and like put layers into place than others. And trademarks are a more just kind of murky gray area of how that works and how you put protections into place. And so a lot of business owners 
do not act super quickly in taking care of their trademarks. And honestly, a lot of that has to do with a lot of misunderstanding about what trademarks are. And here's the deal. Like I, I think trademarks are super interesting, but like, I'm not passionate about trademarks. I'm like passionate about helping online business owners get peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And I used to do a lot of other legal stuff for business owners. And the more and more that I saw people not understanding trademarks and then getting blindsided by nightmare situations that kind of like you even told me, Catherine, like kept you up at night. Yeah. Um, the more I was like, okay, this is something that I really want to focus on and spread the message about as proactively as I can. Yeah. Yeah. You, as, as difficult as I know that situation was for you, you're definitely not alone. That happens quite a bit with people being told that they're infringing on somebody's rights or seeing somebody who's copying them and they don't really know how to go about getting them to stop. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, because I'm in marketing, I talk all the time about in your marketing messaging, talking about what keeps your ideal clients up at night. This is the first time I think I really truly to this degree experienced that because for, I mean, we connected, we chatted and we set an appointment to talk, I think the following Monday, and this was a Friday, late Friday. And I had the whole weekend to wait until we could chat. And I did not sleep well that entire weekend, just not knowing the uncertainty of what does this mean? And what am I going to have to do? And how much am I going to have to completely rebrand? And the thing is, I also felt a lot of, um, I, I don't know the right word to put on it, but I've been in the world of working with huge companies. And I myself have communicated with other trademark attorneys on behalf of huge corporations in my past, in my nine to five. And I was like, kind of felt, I guess, like I should have known, except that I didn't think it was that big of a deal for me. Like this as business solopreneur, the words, by the way, weren't the same that I was using. They weren't the exact same. So I felt like there, there was enough of a difference. Right. Um, I definitely wasn't copying intentionally, but some of the language there was in the same theme or ballpark. And so I didn't think there was an issue, but there was. Yeah. So without getting into like specific details, I think it would be helpful to talk more about like what the concern was here that made it scarier for you than like other types of fears and like bad news emails that you might get. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been in business for about five years and had my, the name of my company, which wasn't in question at all. Like the actual name of my company wasn't, but I've always focused on this um, concept of light in my branding. And one of the big fears was that everything that I'd built up to this point, I was going to have to kind of scrap and start over. And while I wouldn't lose my audience or the colors that I use and things like that, the concept that I've built and the language that I use in my messaging, I mean, just everything that I talk about, what I feel passionate about, I thought was at risk of completely losing. And so that's what was really scary. Yeah. And that's such a common thing, especially for like passionate online creative business owners is we tend to put a lot of time and thought into what we name things because we have a very like deeply rooted vision and purpose 
that we spend mm-hmm. a lot of time trying to figure out. And then once it clicks, a natural kind of business name or brand just kind of services that we want to start using. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions about the way that trademark laws work is that you think that just like getting an LLC or deciding to form a contract, you think that quote unquote, like getting trademarks is something that you eventually decide to do or not do. And the reality, and I won't go super into the weeds of legal stuff yet, is that as soon as you start to use that brand, as soon as you launch with that business name or that logo or that slogan, you are either claiming trademark rights that are limited or infringing somebody else's rights without really knowing it. And so it's not about like getting the thing, like getting the LLC or getting the domain name or whatever it is. And it's more about filing certain paperwork to secure your rights as soon as those brands become things that you're committed to enough that you want to invest in protecting. Yeah. Okay. So let's chat a little bit about where, where we went from there, because we did circle back that Monday and we had a chat and I really wasn't sure which direction it was going to go. Like if everything was okay and I didn't really need to worry at all, or if I was going to have to scrap everything. And I will say that I tend to be a very polarizing thinker and it's black and white and there's not a whole lot of gray area and there was some gray in the middle. (laughs) And so we were able to, to work through things and I don't have to change everything and I don't have to get rid of this whole concept I've built my brand on. But there are a few keywords that I'm going to try to work around and I don't actually have to avoid them all together, but I just need to be careful in how I use them. And so can you chat a little bit about what's like what types of things need to be a, need to be trademarked? Because there are a lot of them. It's not just your business name. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So The weird thing is that anything can be trademarked as long as it's functioning as what the trademark office calls a source identifier. So if people see it and then they think of you. So it's usually a business name, maybe a logo, maybe like a slogan or a catchphrase, but it can also be the title of a series of works that you put out. And so the you typically see this either in like a product line. So product-based businesses, if they have certain names of products, you can't trademark specific products, but you can trademark like the the line, like the jewelry line name that they're all under. And in the podcast world, you can't trademark the names of your individual podcast titles, but you can get trademark protection for the name of the podcast itself. And so that is one that we're seeing more and more people start to think about, especially after Entrepreneur Magazine has started going after other podcast owners with Entrepreneur in the title. Yeah. And so what's interesting is even though I came to you for one concern and we've gotten that resolved and we're moving forward it really opened up this conversation of, well, actually, even in your podcast title, we need to avoid the use of, for me, just the, the piece of the word entrepreneur, just preneurs. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because these decisions are starting to become less of a purely legal conversation and more of a 
legal plus business strategy conversation. And it's like, hey, if entrepreneur came to you and sent you something, could you ignore them and have them force you to go to court to resolve it? You could go down that route and they might decide eventually that it's not worth continuing to go after you. But practically for a lot of business owners, it's better to just realize that that's a risk and shift your branding. Yeah. And so what we're, we're starting to do more and more with our clients is think less legally and more about as a business owner, until you get to whatever the next level of success is for you, let's talk about how willing you would be to actually enforce or defend your rights here and develop a strategy around that. Yeah. I think it's important to clarify here. Like, so first of all, Entrepreneur Magazine is in the media space and podcast is in that same classification is the right word? Yeah, yeah. So they're both in the the trademark office has 45 separate classes or categories of goods and services. And they bunched both podcasts and magazines in the same class of this, uh, yeah, like media publication. One's text, one's audio, but they do similar things. Yeah. And so it's not that we all everyone listening to this is likely an entrepreneur. And so it's not that we all have to avoid using the word entrepreneur in everything that we do, but making that a brand name for within this same class that they have a trademark is where it could be tricky. Yeah. And it's not so much, and this is also a common mistake that business owners fall into is once they realize that there are these classes, then they really kind of think about, okay, what's within this class starting to avoid? But the real test is, is there a likelihood of customer confusion? Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes the trademark office will look to those classes as kind of a first line of observation and looking into that likelihood of confusion. But technically jewelry and clothes are in separate classes. Mm -hmm. And it, it sounds weird at first, but we have to tell our jewelry and clothes, like retail based companies, if we find if you do jewelry and we find a company that sells shoes, that's still problematic for you. Mm-hmm. And we still have to keep that in mind as we move forward. Got it. Yeah. And that's, I know for me on the other side, not necessarily the podcast title side, but with the entrepreneur magazine bit, but the other side, it was all about customer confusion. And even though to me, it's like, oh, they're so different. If, if there could be any confusion, that's where. Yeah. We had to draw the line and start to look at what needed to shift or not shift or just be cautious not to go too far with a certain, with a few certain phrases or words. Yeah. And so the big, the big mindset shift that we're helping our clients and our followers work through is changing the timeline where you start to think about trademarks instead of it being something that you go to after you've already finalized what it is that you want to do, having it be a part of that conversation before you really commit to the name. So instead of thinking about going to a trademark attorney after your years in business or with your podcast, you're thinking about it in the same way that you would with like going to like a branding expert or a web developer and kind of figuring out that logo. Um, Because as more and more businesses get created and as services like LegalZoom make it more and more affordable to file kind of a garbagey application, we're getting so many more applications being filed for 
And so in a very weird but literal way, like we're running out of trademarks. Mm. So it's getting harder and harder to find something that's not already yeah. taken. Right. And you're right about that, about that piece about not waiting because, and that's, let's go back to what was keeping me up at night. It was, I had invested so much time in branding development, messaging development. Um, I mean, I could continue to just list off all the things. If I, if I tried to make a list of everything I would have to change, if I had to change the entire concept my branding was built on, everything would have to be touched. Mm. Yeah. And that's what was, it was really the impact of that. There was the emotional connection to it and like, how am I going to find something else? Even though I know I could have and can find other phrases, there sure. was that emotional connection, but then even beyond that, every single piece could potentially have needed to be touched and changed. Yeah. I could have saved myself from that if I just started. That's such a good point. Cause so many people are like, well, it's pretty easy to change my business name with the state. And I'm like, yeah, that is easy, but you know better than I do how hard it is to go into like your CRM tool and like change all of the emails, right. Opt-ins and stuff like that. And yeah. all the other things that go into those, those points where you name drop your business name or your brand or your podcast or whatever it is. Yeah. And even like with my podcast. So obviously I am going to be changing my podcast name after we chatted about Entrepreneur Magazine. And while we're recording this, we are actively researching potential names. By the time this is live, we'll have a new name. And so you, if you're listening, already know what that is. But um, everything and everywhere that this podcast has already been mentioned and shared, I, I won't necessarily be able to go back and change that. So I'll do my best with um, SEO redirects and things like that to get to save as much as I possibly can as far as the organic uh, reach and search from right. things being shared. But then moving forward, every graphic, every um, episode, every, like the show notes for all the past episodes, like there's so many little things that will have to be changed. And that's just for my podcast name, not to mention like, right. I don't know, that's not my entire brand. That's just like a piece. Right. And so, yeah, it's, it's a lot, but it's clearly going to be worth it to do, although I don't want to do it again. So we are <laughs> looking at making sure that whatever I go with is going to work. It's going to well, work. you're, you're kind of like the teacher's pet of a attorney's client. So like you're doing this all the right way. Um, and we, at the same time, like I know that even thinking about hiring an attorney is like a significant investment for a newer emerging online business. And so even if you, even if you might not be quite ready to work one-on-one -on -one with someone, there are resources available that can help you understand even more about like the things that you don't know that you don't know, mm -hmm. just so that you're not caught off guard by things, resources that can help you um, file applications on your own um, if you have the time to, to learn and, and file like that. Cause this isn't rocket science, but just like any other service based business owner would know, like it takes time to learn your area of expertise and get it right. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, when I was 
working for marketing agencies. That was my background. And I had experience working with trademark attorneys. Yeah. It was never for myself, but I had like, some people are coming into this with no experience whatsoever. I've actually been in those conversations, mm-hmm. handled things, but I didn't retain any of it. Like, but I know more than the average person would, I would say. And I still yeah. did not know nearly enough. There are still so many things that I've learned and still so many things that I don't know yet. Yeah. Well, and you, again, probably know this on such a deeper level than I do with your understanding of marketing and sales and running a business. But sometimes it's the, it's the things that you think you know that are actually a couple of degrees off that are the most dangerous. Yeah. So true. So true. I want to say like, even you, you mentioned a significant investment, but I have to say that no matter the investment, it would cost far more to have to go back and redo everything and start from scratch. So it's really smart to make that investment early on. Yeah. So I would say no matter what, the cost of not thinking about this and protecting it um, is super high and worth more than investing anything and moving forward. So depending on where you're at, like if you're at a place where, you know, between one to $2,000 worth of an investment is something that you can easily afford and manage. Like this is a no brainer to reach out to somebody and get some help. If, if you don't really know if you can afford that or if that seems high, then what I would recommend is for you to come up with some type of a budget and say, okay, if this is the money that I can willing to spend to be proactive on this, give that to somebody who's experienced with this and be like, how far can this get me? Maybe it's, maybe it's not one-to-one services. Maybe it's a course. Maybe it's some, if nothing else, like some free guides that can help you. But when you're running a business, a lot of times people just don't have time. And I'm learning this as a business owner too. Like a lot of times you just paying for this kind of stuff is the shortcut that would otherwise be worth a bunch of time that you'd have to invest, do it on your own. Yeah, for sure. I just, I don't know. I'm like, I understand why people, it doesn't make sense, but I understand why people, why even myself, I waited and it's like, okay, I'm going to build my business. I'm going to grow my audience. I'm going to do all of this. And then one day, like when there's actually something to protect, I'll have that conversation. Well, eventually there was something to protect, but that was out of my mind or still like, oh, one day, but you need to protect it before you build it or else you risk everything that you've built. Yeah. Yeah. In the same way that people are thinking about like a domain name, yeah. And like hopefully getting the dot com version of whatever it is that they want. Trademarks need to be a part of that type of a conversation yeah. Yeah. of like if if this is not available or something even similar is already seems to be taken based on what I'm seeing on this free trademark office database. Even if it's not like I need to act quickly because practically one of the biggest mistakes people make is that they so you can go onto the U.S. Trademark Office website and you can run a free search that's nowhere near as like clean as Google, but you can see if the, you can type in whatever it is, your podcast name, your business name, and see if anything comes yeah. up. The mistake that a lot of people make there is that they search, nothing comes up, 
and they think that that's fine. And the big thing that they don't realize or they don't think about is that that search that you run has an immediate expiration date. So somebody could apply for something the next day. Yeah. And then you're screwed. Well, and even so, if you go and search, you know, my, at the time that you're listening to this, my prior podcast name being Litpreneurs, if you search for that, I mean, I did the Google search. That's not out there. That's not common, but it doesn't matter. There were still components, really both kind of pieces of that word that were put together had some opportunity for confusion or infringement. Yeah. So when you, when you get the, let's, let's go into the weeds a little bit. Yeah. So there are, when you just start using a trademark, a brand in commerce, you automatically get these common law trademark rights, which means that you get these automatic rights that are exclusive only to your geographic region. So somebody across the state or across the country can use the exact same thing or anything that's similar. What you want to get is a U.S. federal trademark registration because that beefs up your rights from those automatic limited rights to exclusive rights nationwide to not just your trademark, but anything that's confusingly similar. And that confusingly similar thing is pretty broad. So you get very extensive protections to a lot of things that are similar. And the trademark office will help you in refusing applications that are similar that are applied for. And so if you own a registered trademark, that's pretty awesome because you know that not only are you playing defense right and that nobody can use your specific name, but you also know nobody else can use anything that's too similar, Mm -hmm. which is great if you have the registration, but if you don't, then you have to be really careful about walking on other brands feet because just running a a search for exactly what you're using might not and probably won't pull up all of the similar words and phrases that could be too close that could cause a refusal, even if you apply. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's where it gets really tricky and where I'm so grateful to be able to just send over my new podcast title idea to you and have you and your team handle the research for me to make sure we're good. So if someone is listening and they are realizing, okay, this is something that I need to take care of. And I talk a lot with my audience about making decisions from that place of their future self. And so if they put themselves in, you know, seven figure Catherine or, you know, whatever their name is, fill in the blank. And they're making a decision right now as if they were that seven figure business owner it's a no brainer to protect themselves. So if they're operating from that place of the future, making decisions based on where they will be when they've got the successful business that they want, they're going to take steps forward. And if they do, what do they need to do? What, what's some of the first steps just to get them started? So I would, the first thing that you need to do that a law firm can help you do is run a comprehensive trademark search. So we talked about the limitation and running those searches yourself. Mm-hmm. So, um, a lot of law firms do this and mine does as well, where we have more advanced technology that helps us run those comprehensive searches because there's no point in you filing for something that if we run that type of a search, know that we're going to get some type of a denial from the trademark office. And so the first thing you want to do is have that comprehensive search and analysis run. And then after that, you 
again, with all of these other trademark applications that are being applied for, you want to submit your application uh, to the, the federal trademark office in a way that is increasing your chances as much as possible of it getting accepted because over half of the trademark applications that get applied for do end up getting refused. Mm. So um, if, if you, if you know that you're ready to move forward, I would, I would reach out to a, a trademark attorney as quickly as you can. A lot of us offer free or paid um, consultation calls or strategy sessions to give you a sense of what the, the details look like. And as you're meeting those people, I'll say this too. It's understand that the trademark process is a long process. Yeah. Usually it takes anywhere from six to 12 months after you apply to ultimately get the registration. And I've learned a lot about customer experience doing this because since it's such a long relationship, even if we end up giving the client what they want, if they felt like it was hard to get a hold of us during that time or that, you know, we, it was hard to keep track of the different emails and things that we were sending, they can still feel like it wasn't that great of an experience, even though they got the result that they wanted. And so we've done a couple of things, including having our own client management portal that mm-hmm. has like a private chat so people can just scroll up to see earlier conversations. Because our goal is to hopefully get you the registration, but also to have you feeling like you weren't worrying about this as we were making progress for you. Great. So people know those first steps and I highly recommend that they reach out to you. Of course, I've had an incredible experience so far. We're going to continue this over at least the next, however long it takes to get this. But then there are others because it's not just the podcast name, ultimately protecting my business name. Of course, the podcast, we talked about books, we've talked about um, program names, course names. There's all kinds of things that we need to discuss. And I'm sure there's a lot that I don't know about all of that. So we're going to continue to work together. Yeah. And real quick, by the way, like I, any, anybody in, in your tribe, like we would love to work with. So please, we'll take care of you anyways, but we'll take extra good care of you if we know that Catherine's sending you our way. So let us, let me know that, that you've listened to this uh, if you do reach out. But also, I just, I want to throw another nightmare situation out there. Okay. Just so people understand like the different ways that this can be an issue for you. And this happened recently with another one of our clients is that um, I want to talk about like social media platforms and specifically mm-hmm. Instagram and Facebook. So let's say that you, let's say that another social media account popped up and they were very obviously just copying you. It was your content. It was your, like it was really close to your social media handle. It looks very, very similar. So one easy, effective way to get them shut down is to send what's called a DMCA notice uh, through the platform. You basically report the infringement through that platform. And the, the platform owners, they don't like playing referee because if they make a decision, then it might put liability on their end and they could get dragged into a lawsuit if they decide wrongly. So they have decided to just kind of defer 
to any trademark or copyright registrations that exist. Mm. So certain bullies are starting to catch on to that type of a power and they're filing for trademark applications pretending to be the owner of the company and then they're filing and then they're creating these social media accounts and then once they get the registrations they're submitting a dmca notice to the actual owner oh wow and so what happens at that point is your site gets shut down and because you don't have the trademark registration instagram or facebook or whatever it is doesn't listen to you mm. and now you have to and they might not do anything they might ask for money for all of this to get switched back to you and so it's kind of this weird version of like brand identity theft that can wow. happen and again the the more that it gets easier to do business online the more that these kind of loopholes can get discovered yeah so it's just another way that this can help prevent those types of issues that's crazy yeah i'm glad that you shared that just another reason to Make sure you protect your everything from the yeah. beginning. Yeah. So if someone wanted to take next steps and talk to you, what should they do? How, where can they find you online and what should they do? Yeah. So the easiest thing to do is just to go to um, IndieLaw.com slash free guide. Uh, I put a guide together that walks you through the four most common mistakes that we see people make that, if you understand these mistakes and how to avoid them, you'll be like light years ahead of most business owners. So that would be the first thing. Okay. Um, and then after that, if you want to grab a call with me or if you want to sign up, you can. You, we talked about that uh, kind of seven-figure business owner who would be ready to get started. If you're not there yet, then the good news is that you don't need to hire an attorney in order to file one of these trademark applications. Yeah. So if you do have the time and willingness to learn this on your own and file an application on your own. I do also have a course available that walks you through how to do all of this. You'll understand kind of at a more detailed way what we've been talking about, how to run that search yourself, how to get that application filed yourself. And then if during that course you realize that it's more than you thought it was, uh, we do have a bonus available where you can hire my law firm and we'll discount the course off for you. Oh, amazing. Good. That's awesome that you've got some options there. Yeah. I went straight to working with you. I knew I didn't want to handle it myself. I already, I know what my time is worth. So. Yeah. We, we have quite a few people who sign up, but then like within a week, they're like, oh, this is a lot more than I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. But it is good for those. Yeah. To have those options. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So we'll drop that link in the show notes. And then otherwise I encourage people to connect with you online. Where's the best place to on social media, where's the best? Yeah, place? so the the best place to talk trademarks with me is on Facebook. Okay. Um, every uh, Tuesday at one p.m., I go live on Facebook from my indie law page, talking about a different topic in the trademark world that's all catered to online business owners. Just yesterday, I actually caught one of his lives. It's yesterday at the time of recording, so you might have to scroll back a little bit to find the one where he's chatting about protecting your book title. And there's some interesting caveats there that I learned. So anyway, if you're thinking about writing a, a book, 
that's one to catch, but there are so many good lives there. So go check those out. We'll have that link in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for joining me, Joey. This is such an important topic and I'm glad that you could come on and share with everyone and, and not only educate them, but then kind of explain it to a degree why I'm shifting gears here with the podcast name. Well, I'm so excited for your new direction. Happy to come on. And again, if anybody has any questions about this or um, I found that some business owners also just find this stuff really interesting. So if you want to learn more, just kind of to geek out on this stuff, I have some resources to send you as well. Awesome. Amazing. Well, thanks. Of course. Bye, everyone. Bye. If you're loving what you're learning on the podcast, subscribe and leave a five-star review. And if you send me a screenshot of that review, I'll give you free access to my CEO scorecard. This is the same tool I use with my multiple six and seven-figure clients to help them up-level their role as CEO and achieve massive results. This resource is typically available exclusively to clients in my coaching program, The Elevate Effect. If you're ready to learn how to elevate your leadership, your team, and your business, head over to katherinebinkley.com forward slash The Elevate Effect and join us to reach your next level of success.